cigars all around. Cheers, y'all. Welcome, my friends, to this fine little radio program uh, known as Smokin' and Toastin'. We are so glad to have you on board with us for show number 138, and it's about to take place right here and now. Smokin' and Toastin' is all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars, and we are brought to you by B&B Butchers and Restaurant at 1814 Washington Ave in Houston and in the shops at Clear Fork in Fort Worth. Uh, as I mentioned, show number 138 and today we have Eureka Heights Brewing in the house, and uh, we're also going to talk about the seven basic rules of cigar lounge etiquette, all of which I'm sure... Ooh, ooh I know one. Pick me. Uh, all of which I'm sure you have violated at one time or the other, or another, Ian. So uh, I know you're, you're a good cigar lounge guy. Yeah, like when you go to a cigar lounge, smoke clove cigarettes. Yeah, that's always, that's always what they're looking for. Yeah. They love yeah, that. Yeah. Always, uh, yeah. Always make sure... That you add some personal fragrance to the uh, <laughs> right. uh, to, to the room. And don't bathe. Yes, exactly. Don't, don't bathe. Uh, we are uh, excited to have uh, Evan Camp from Eureka Heights Brewing in the house today. And uh, Evan has brought along some Eureka Heights tasties, including something brand new that we have not tasted. So I'm, uh, so I'm really, right really... <laughs> you keep saying that. You were saying that before the show. <laughs> uh, so we're looking forward to that. It, uh, Eureka Heights was actually the second brewery we had... On the show way yep. back, do you remember that? I do. Yeah, it was a. Yeah, uh, we had Brent on the show, uh, the ambassador of Buzz. Yes, and he's and, much taller than us. Yeah, and Evan actually is. Um, well, Not you're like taller a, than us. Yeah, and and also he's apparently the ambassador of party because your shirt says Party Boy MD on it. Yeah, I'm doctorate in and, partying. And I, I noticed actually that your email also refers to you as as Party Boy. So I was yeah. going to ask you what what is that about exactly? Well, uh, I was uh, brought on uh, the team about a year and three months ago to. Uh, completely you know book and uh, invent all the fun stuff that happens at the brewery uh from you know we can do private party bookings there right. i was just talking to you guys earlier about weddings uh, mm -hmm. we do weddings there uh but anything that you see going on at the the brewery from our you know our annual anniversary parties to our upcoming um uh weenie roast uh, in june is all done by me so yeah, anything that brings people in, having a good time, I, I like to be responsible and for we'll, that. We'll get into this uh, more in, in a little bit, but certainly one of the big trends in craft beer in the last several years has been the evolution of the brewery as a destination mm -hmm. for uh, you know not just brewery tours, but a destination no, for people hangout. to go and hang. Yes, yeah. and hangout. and so that that plays right into what you're doing because you're putting together activities so people will come and hang more often and longer, Absolutely, right? Absolutely, yeah. yeah. If I wasn't doing my job, uh, yeah, the brewery would not be a fun place to If he to wasn't doing his job, beer. I would have never heard of beer and yoga. That's true. That's true. <laughs> that's, that's a good thing. Yeah. I mean, they that, have good beer and that yoga. You've, that you've heard I haven't yet. been involved with it. Me yet, neither. But that just no. sounds entertaining. <laughs> it doesn't it I don't though? bend that way. <laughs> uh, uh, I, I've often, you know, 
thought that beer and yoga pants maybe went together well, but uh, but that, but yeah. never actually beer and yoga itself. <laughs> so uh, so that's a that's a new one. You can tell us a little bit about that as sure. we as we go. A lot of things happening in the uh, in the news uh, this week, and we'll talk about uh, some of these cigar aficionado. Uh, has put a, out a list of seven fine cigars for $7 or less. So if we have a moment, we'll go through that and uh, talk about it. And consumers' top 12 factors when choosing a craft beer. So that should be uh, interesting to see. Yeah, I don't know if you'll uh, if you'll agree or disagree with this list. I'd but love it to should, hear them. It should be interesting. And the winners have been announced uh, for the Texas Whiskey Festival. So all the, basically the Texas whiskeys were competing. And we've talked a lot about Texas whiskeys on the show. We've had a number of great Texas whiskeys on the show. In fact, I just read a review uh, yesterday uh, online, I think it was Whiskey Wash, of uh, a spirit that we just tried a few weeks ago on the show, which was the Balcones um, uh, bourbon. Oh yeah, and uh, they gave it, I think, four out of five uh, stars. So <laughs> Balcones, uh, not, so good. Not surprised. Yeah, absolutely not surprised. So, uh, so that's uh, that's going to be exciting. Plus, Ian has brought along a spirit that we'll be tasting. What is that, Ian? In the in this the, the lovely Glen, bottle, Glen Scotia Double Cask. Oh, good. Where is so, I'll put it right up in front of my face. So here. you can tell us all about that uh, when the time action comes. Cam. Yeah, you can tell us all yeah. about that uh, when the time comes. Uh, so it's been an interesting week. We had. Oh, by the way, before I forget. Huge thanks to Docs, Greg Doxakis uh, from uh, Pierre Fernand and the um, uh, the Plantation Rum Company for uh, being with us on the show last week, along with our good buddy Jeremiah at B and B Butchers and Restaurant. And that show was a blast. Oh, it, we that had was such so, a good time. It's always fun. It's always fun whenever we get together with Jeremiah. Yeah. And Docs is just you know he, he's just a complete that guy you know, just about interviews himself. Treasure trove of information, <laughs> isn't he? Yeah. It's <laughs> it's pretty darn cool. Wind so. him up, watch him go. Yeah. It's pretty darn cool. So, uh, so that was at B and B last week, and thanks to those guys, and uh, we had quite a time. I was uh, thankful to be. Uh, uh, taking an Uber and um, uh, but it's been but it's been a, a crazy busy week. We have basketball playoffs going on here in Houston, yeah. of course, and it is finally starting to feel like summer in Houston, which I know some of you still have snow which on the ground, which means it's hot and rainy. But, yeah, but hot and rainy. And I got out of the car today and I thought, okay, it felt like I just walked into a damp washcloth. You know, I think so in this most, is su- summer in Houston. In most parts of the country, when it rains, it actually cools it down. So people look for that summer <laughs> yes. rain and they're yes. like, ah. Out here, it makes it hotter yes. and raises and the wetter. humidity to yes. the point of where it's almost raining. Yeah, it's it's almost like impossible to walk through. Yeah. It's so thick. So, uh, But you know what? Not complaining. I'm happy to be out of the cold. And uh, it does give us more opportunities to maybe find a, uh, a nice shady place and smoke a cigar. Speaking of which, Ian, did you smoke anything interesting this I week? I did. Yeah. I did. I was busy this morning, so I didn't get to go do my... Uh, Morning thing. So I had to sit down last night and uh, and have a cigar. You had to sit down and have a cigar. Yeah, this is one of the... It, okay, so having a job like this, like one of the things you have to do is occasionally you have to make sacrifices. Like right. I could have sat at my house mm-hmm. and I could have watched TV or right. I could have even accomplished something. What I had to do for the show was sit down and review a cigar. Right. That was, which your, means, that was your requirement. That was your job. Well, yeah. If I don't do that, then... You know, then I'm not fulfilling this job requirement. Right, right. And I certainly don't want to get fired from this job. Right. You know. Because we got Eureka Heights today. We did. <laughs> I'll take it over. It would have been, <laughs> been a bad day to get fired, though, you know? Right. <laughs> so so I, I went ahead and I took the hit, and uh, I selected a cigar from a humidor, and I went outside. And uh, I, what I selected was a Romeo y Julieta 1875 Trace. 
The Trace, nice. The Trace. This was a 6x50. Uh, uh, mm-hmm. um, the appearance, light brown, mostly smooth, some veins, very firm cigar. Like, it felt, I was a little, you know how sometimes... You usually want a little bit of sponginess. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was, it was so... Um, it was so uh, uh, so firm that I was a little worried that um, that it was going to be a little too tight on the draw. But uh, mm-hmm. I did the uh, pre light sniff was <clears throat> earthy, some barnyard kind of nutty uh, smells. Not a whole lot going on, but those you know those basic uh, things. The pre light draw was actually a medium draw. It was nice. It, it worked out pretty well. The um, the uh, 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 the uh, pre-light draw had flavors of uh, tangy leather, mocha, little milk chocolate, some sweetness to nice. it. That was really nice. It actually was pretty complex just before I lit it. The initial light was actually a little bit less complex. It had uh, some pepper, some leather, a little mocha to it, and a little nuttiness to it. My experience with the, the more basic Romeos is that they start off with less flavor but build fairly nicely. Well, so you you're you're right on the money here because the first third of this, I got a lot of nuttiness. I got mm-hmm. that leather uh, flavor. There's a sweet creaminess that was mm-hmm. going through this They're really nice. nice. And creamy, yep. uh, a little spicy tanginess on the background. Uh, the the wrapper the, uh, uh, was uh, was a nice, solid-feeling wrapper on mm-hmm. it. It left your lips just a little tingly, you know, that, that kind of feel you get from the tobacco. Uh, had a great even burn, solid ash to it. Um, the second third of this, I started getting kind of that tanginess that I was tasting earlier started turning mm-hmm. into some kind of almost fruit flavors. Oh, wow. Uh, just a little bit on the background, not like, you know, not crazy out front, but just a little bit. It had a lot of that nuttiness and creaminess to it, the mocha. Pepper was kind of coming back and forth. The pepper in this was really interesting because it uh, it wasn't there the entire time. It would show up a little bit and cycle through and then come back out. Um, Romeos are generally not pepper bombs. But, right, yeah. right. And it's just a little bit of pepper to it, just just enough to have, oh, that's interesting, you know. Again, perfect burn, solid ash. The last third of this cigar, lots of the nutty flavors and leather, the sweet creaminess. Pepper kept, uh, kept coming and going. Uh, it did build up a little bit, a little more complexity, a little more of the chocolatey flavors, um, and uh, and uh, and mocha flavors were showing up at the very end as I got to the smaller portion of the cigar, and uh, and I smoked this down pretty darn far. You know, I didn't let it burn my fingers, but I smoked it down pretty darn far. This is about a seven dollar cigar, mm-hmm. and uh, and Romeo and Julieta has has the name like you expect. Sure. Anytime you buy one of those to have a great cigar, this cigar burned perfectly. Well, I, just, I was just going to say this. One thing about Romeo's, yeah. I don't know if I've ever had one not burn really, well, really I well. Well, I started thinking about it while I was uh, while I was smoking a cigar. And um, Oh, by the way, the whiskey sniff on this one was the uh, IPA cast Glenfiddich. Ah, that's the one that nice. won on the whiskey that's, sniff. So you, you know, went to the whiskeys, you sniffed. I did, yeah. I went to the whiskeys, and that's, that's the one I... That's so interesting. Yeah, it was... It I was love just, that that whiskey. And this well, this cigar was definitely on the uh, mild to the light side of medium, mm-hmm. okay? So it was not a not a huge, you know, bomb of a flavor or anything. Just the flavors were subtle. They were great. So that brought a little more out of it then. Yeah, and then that particular, uh, uh, that particular uh, expression just really worked well together. So uh, at $7, this gets probably a 6. I, I thought... Nice. As a Romeo Julieta, I expect it to be awesome. Right. I expect it to be good. As a $7 Romeo Julieta, I thought, okay, it has to at least be pretty good, but this one was more complex than I was even expecting. So, so I thought it so punched higher, a little bit higher. above its weight class. That's awesome. And, and so I'm going to give it a solid six on that. Plus, the burn was just amazing. How about yeah. you? Uh, I enjoyed an aging room, uh, Cuatro Nicaragua. It was a box-pressed 
cigar. Um, it it didn't come with a, and I tried looking it up online and didn't find a designation whether it was actually a a, a Churchill or a Toro, but it was box press. It looked to be about 44, 46 ring gauge. You can't take the box press one and stick it in the little right. ring gauge thing without <laughs> messing it up. Uh, but it was a beautifully box pressed, really, really pretty cigar. And being a Nicaraguan puro, that means all the tobacco, the wrapper, the binder, the filler, all comes from Nicaragua. Right. And Aging Room, one of the things they're really well known for is the blending of their tobacco. So I thought this would be interesting to see, okay, if they're limiting their their uh, ability somewhat to bring in tobaccos from different places, it'll be interesting to see what kind of a blend that they come up with. So the pre-light on it was all earth. It, and this was a very uh, oh, dark Maduro cigar. cigar. Yeah, it's a beautiful cigar. Uh, very dark. The pre-light on it was all earth, extremely pre- uh, pleasant. I clipped it with a V-cut and lit it easily. It had nice strength from the beginning, but about a half an inch in, here came the flavor to kind of match the strength. So you know when you first light a cigar, you're not getting that complexity right. usually at first, but you're getting a nice little uh, bit of oomph from it. That's exactly mm-hmm. what it was. About a half an inch in, man, here came the flavor and the complexity. Uh, wonderful deep earth notes. I mean, it was just, it was one of the earthiest cigars I've smoked in a long time, but in a really, really, really great way. Kind of way. Yep. Uh, a kind of a chocolate with a hint of mint that made me think of the Thin Mint Girl Scout oh, cookies. Oh, nice. Now, it wasn't, I, I don't want to say that it actually had that as a flavor. It's not a that, minty cigar. But that's just what a it hint. made me yeah. think of. Yeah, it's what it made me think of. So uh, the smoke had, and this is one of the things that I really loved about the cigar, it had an incredible secondary aroma. So if you would put it down in the ashtray for a moment, walk away, come back, and now you're smelling the That's smoke called from the room the, note. The sir. room note. Thank you. Thank you. I call it secondary aroma, but room note is so much more appropriate. Uh, except I was outside, so it was a large room. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, it, it's the smell that it's like you ever walk into a cigar lounge and you walk in and you smell and immediately go, wow, somebody is having something amazing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, that's what it made me think of, This uh, the room note on this. Um, there were some lighter wood notes to it as it smoked, uh, a little bit of almond flavor. There was pepper, but once the cigar got going, the pepper never, like, kind of broke through and took over, as mm-hmm. pepper flavor can do sometimes. Um, one side of it burned a tiny bit faster than the other for just a minute, but it evened out. was never a problem. It wasn't like a razor burn, but it was. I never even had to touch it up, which, mm-hmm. was, uh, which was great. Um, I'm going to tell you, it was a fantastic cigar. I really enjoyed it. Um, I don't know, huge thumbs up. Uh, uh, it was about a $10 to $11 stick. Okay. So it wasn't cheap, but... I felt like it was more than worth every penny. Uh, price to quality, I will go six and a half, six point five. Um, and so, uh, Evan, uh, the way our price to quality scale works, and we we apply it a lot more to cigars than we do to to beverages, but uh, we like to talk about um, the quality versus what you had to pay for it. So, if you uh, were smoking a cigar, you got exactly felt like you got exactly what you paid for. Like it was great, it was worth every penny. That's a five. On the scale of, of one, and to it 10. doesn't matter what the price is. Right, the price yeah. could be if you twenty dollars. Twenty dollars cigar. Twenty dollars exactly cigar means it's worth for, yeah. twenty dollars. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, if you have a five dollar cigar yeah. and it smokes like a good five dollar cigar, then that's a uh, then that's a five as well. A lot of times, the cheaper cigars will be the ones that get 
the higher than five ratings because, hey, I only paid six bucks for this, but wow, it smoked like a ten, twelve dollar cigar. Right. So it's easier for that to happen than to smoke a twenty dollar cigar and go, yeah, I would have been okay paying thirty for it. You know that <laughs> that's less likely to happen. But in this case, at ten or eleven, for it to get a six and a half, I mean, that's pretty. What big. I'm yeah. basically saying is, I'd have paid fourteen, fifteen bucks for this and right. not been disappointed uh, with what I got. So uh, it was it was really good. And you know, I've been smoking. A lot of AJ Fernandez stuff lately, so it was nice to deviate from the sort of the it's a very different the flavor AJ profile, flavor yeah. profile into this, and it was uh, it was really really wonderful. And well, I it's also it. it's also nice that you picked a cigar that didn't explode and or burn like a well, or yes, whatever. And, so yeah, yeah. You've and, had a and, little and run had, of bad luck. I've had a little run, and of I bad meant luck. run as a pun. Yes, because, uh, but yeah. and and you know what. I've checked and double-checked my humidors. I was like, every time one of those happens, you get paranoid. I, will, I will go and get another cigar and smoke it from the same humidor and go, okay, nothing's wrong with the humidor. This is smoking fine. You know, so, <laughs> right. But yes, I have had a rash of those, and I don't... Uh, uh, you know, we've we've already done those reviews. No point in going back and 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 trashing Gurkha again. So, uh, all right. So, uh, I tell you what, let's do. Let's take a quick break. When we come back, uh, we want to. Uh, I want to ask you about Buckle Bunny because sure. this has been, um, at least from my perspective, has been the one that really kind of kicked Eureka Heights into gear. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. Yeah. Right. So, and it's also a very good beer, but. I'm going to pretend I didn't say that, and we'll taste it, yeah, uh, and and see how we like it. What do you think, Ian? That sounds like a good yeah, idea. Because you and I haven't had any buckle bunny, no, none at all to speak of <laughs> today. You mean? <laughs> yeah. So far today, true. Yes, true. All right, so uh, so we'll come back. We'll talk buckle bunny. We'll talk Eureka Heights, and I really want to say, I, I mean, as again, from where I stand, you guys seem like maybe you've really figured out how to do this. Because some breweries come in and they really struggle with that getting into stores uh, phase, even if they've done really well as a, a you know, as a destination brewery and they uh, have been very successful in that. The getting into stores phase, maybe people like try it, like it right right away, but then it like really eases back. Doesn't seem like that's happened with you guys, but you can you can let us know yeah. and tell us all about that journey uh, when we come back. Plus, uh, we have more to talk about because. Seven rules of cigar lounge etiquette. We'll see how many Ian has violated today uh, when we come back. <laughs> Just it, in one day. It's smoking. Make sure you listen to your music really loud on yeah. your cell phone. Yeah, right. Don't plug in your earbuds. Just let, let the little tiny cell phone speak. <laughs> right. Oh, yes. we have some cups here, though, so we can. Uh, Welcome back. It's Smoking and Toasting. Our program is all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. It's show number 138. Eureka Heights is in the house today, and we're brought to you by B&B Butchers and Restaurant at 1814 Washington Ave in Houston. And in the shops at Clear Fork in Fort Worth, craft beer is at the top of many lists, including increasingly millennials. According to a new survey conducted by CNR Research, Beer drinkers spend an average of $59 a month on craft beer. Is That's that, it? That, according to a new survey. <laughs> Who does? And millennials lead the spending pack due to their obsession with craft beer. Millennials spend an additional $5 per month because more than half said they would prefer having at least one craft beer per week. Now, this is what's wrong with research. I just have to say this. Because it paints this picture of... The average millennial who drinks 
mainstream beer, except once a week they want a craft beer. And that's not how it works. No, not That's not how it works at all. You've got millennials who drink mainstream beer. But you've got an increasingly Hold large on a second. number of Is them. Is Pabst Blue Ribbon really mainstream beer? Well, I, you know, I, I, it's just impossible it to classify. It seems a little niche for mainstream it, it's beer. Impossible, <laughs> Maybe. It's know. impossible to classify. But, it's a trendy uh, beer. But yes, it is, it <laughs> right. is With trendy. With the millennial crew. Yeah, right, it, right. It, is, it is trendy. But, uh, but it's not like the PBR drinker is going, okay, I haven't had a craft beer this week. I think I'll get a Eureka Heights. You, you know what I mean? Like That's not the way it works. You've got the ones who drink mainstream beer or PBR, uh, wherever that falls, and you've got the craft beer you know, aficionados, the ones that drink it and, the, and that love it, and that's what they go for primarily. They may have the occasional mainstream beer, but it's not, it's not a group of people who are having, each having one a week. <laughs> that, that makes no sense. But the numbers are probably right, and uh, $59 a month, again, that's all millennials. So you got millennials that don't drink, you got millennials that drink, you know, uh, they don't drink beer at all, mm-hmm. uh, so uh, everybody factors into that mix. So that's uh, uh, I'm sorry, fifty nine dollars. I say a week, fifty nine dollars a month. Yeah, that's see, fifty nine dollars a week sounds a little more realistic, <laughs> doesn't yeah. it? Though, yeah, I mean, it really, it really does for the people At that today's are today's beer prices, right? Yeah, and and for people that actually you know go out and and that's what they order is is beer. I know, I know, I've had. Very few bar tabs that were fifty nine or below when it all came down I, to it. I, I know? don't know of very many months where I've spent fifty nine dollars or less on, on beer. Yeah, beer for yeah. a month. Yeah, but uh, but anyway, there's there's the latest uh, the latest figures, and it's always interesting to see how these surveys come out. Just like that survey where uh, all that money was spent to determine that kids don't smoke premium cigars. That's pretty amazing. Yeah, isn't it? yeah. We we would never have known. <laughs> you know, we would never have known. So, uh, Evan Camp is yeah. here. Evan is uh, the party boy from Eureka Heights Brewing. Uh, we talked about that a little bit in the first segment, mm-hmm. that you are the party boy because you're basically responsible for putting together the activities. So, what... Wait, wait. Did you get the name because you're responsible for putting together the activities? <laughs> this is a chicken and egg yeah, question. Here. Yeah. Or did you have the name and they decided that guy would be good no, for this? No, no. So, I mean, if um, the mentality and the, the culture around Eureka Heights is uh, very, very serious, as you may know. Uh, no, I'm kidding. We're, uh, <laughs> yeah. We are uh, Apparently we're very... Apparently there's Eureka Heights people I we love haven't the, met. I love the poster that says Eureka Heights, which their, their logo is <laughs> E-H, and it says we put the eh. And meh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. We got that exactly. off the internet. I mean, you guys are ridiculous. Uh, no, I mean, we, we, we have a, uh, a real quirky uh, kind of uh, take ourselves seriously only about the beer kind of persona about us. I think that so, works, though. Yeah. I mean, uh, because people do take you seriously about the beer, I right. think. Right. But we don't want to. Uh, yeah. We don't want to take us seriously anywhere else. We want them to have fun with us too. So when, when you come to our brewery, it's not business anymore. It's time to have a good time, and you know that's what I'm responsible for doing. But the party boy title uh, came with the job. Uh, I I uh, I was a big partier regardless, but didn't have that title. Uh, I jumped on board with these guys about a year, a little over a year ago, mm-hmm. and uh, I was not allowed to have a regular title such as events manager. Right, right, right. Yeah. That makes sense. As you yeah. mentioned, Brent is the ambassador of Buzz. But he's our sales manager. But right, we, right. we all have cool titles, but also securing us in these jobs for life because no one will hire us with these titles. Right. <laughs> <laughs> what, did you, what did you do in your last right. job, Evan? Well, party I was boy. party boy yeah. at uh, Eureka Heights. Excellent. Okay, Never hire we'll me. call you. There's only one place in town that will hire you, and they're yeah. actually called Party Boy. Party boy. Yeah. yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, uh, so what is the uh, what is the crowd like? 
that comes to Eureka Heights for these uh, for for these activities that you yeah. put together? Uh, no, I mean our crowd is very uh, is very it, diverse. I was going to say, say I would uh, guess that it's diverse, right? Very much so. I mean, obviously we have we're nestled right in uh, the Heights uh, in a, a big neighborhood. There, we're surrounded by a bunch of houses, a bunch of great bars and restaurants as well. So we do get a lot of Heights locals, families that come in. Uh, one thing about us, yeah, too, we do you know we do welcome all ages into the brewery. Of course, we don't serve all of them, but uh, we do welcome all ages into the brewery. So, so people can bring yeah, kids we, along yeah. and all of that stuff, and, and we, it's cool. We do, you know, we do embrace the fact that you know it is a drinking uh, establishment, and we, you know, we want the adults to come because they're the ones spending the money and having a good time. But the kids are welcome, so we throw in some arcades and some if other games. If the kids can come stuff, along, yeah. the adults may stay longer, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And we, now, frankly, we those arcade that. games are a little old, so those might be for the grown-ups. Too. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they are. They are. But the kids... Like old intentionally, not old in a bad way. The kids yeah. enjoy them, though, too. But no, it's it's become kind of a haven What's for... What's Pac-Man, yeah. Daddy? <laughs> <laughs> Just put a quarter in and find out. Uh, but no, it's become a, it's become a kind of a... A hub for kind of anybody and everybody. Uh, all the events we do are not subject just to one person. Like I said, we got right. we got our uh, big weenie roast coming up June twenty second, uh, which is our big summer party. Right, uh, dollar so hot have dogs. A, like all a day. band and, and yeah, yeah, band DJ. We have various hot dog uh, games going on from how many Nothing. hot dogs you can fit in your mouth Nothing to bobbing for hot dogs. Yeah. From yeah, all these kind bobbing of fun. Again, very very serious awesome. brewery here, guys. Yeah, so exactly. Uh, yeah. exactly. Uh, but with the beer, it's always been pretty serious. And I remember when we had Eureka Heights on the show the first time, I want to say it was like the fourth or fifth show that we did. It and, was pretty early. Yeah. And uh, everything came in the uh, in the can crawlers yeah. because uh, at that time, nothing was being canned and sent out to retail. We loved the beer. It was delicious. And we had, you know, uh, we had a great show and had great fun. But the the beer has always been a fairly serious thing. Was it around? Christmas of last year that you guys started showing up in stores? Has it been that recently? It's about a, just almost a year. I think okay. uh, probably nine nine or ten months now we've mm-hmm. been um, out there in the in the public with our cans. It came out uh, first with Mini Boss and Buckle Bunny uh, in the 12-ounce cans. Uh, you can find those now in all major grocery stores yeah. and liquor stores across uh, the Houston area. We're still very uh, local to that. We're not very anywhere else. At yeah. This point. yeah, and don't you know? You know, while we do want to grow as a company, you know, we want to you know we want to do it baby steps, and mm-hmm. we want to make sure that we are we are catering to our uh, local Houstonians first. And you know, maybe as time goes on, things will change, but it's not in the cards for us yet. So we're we're keeping it very local here. And uh, while it you know it does seem like we are growing, which we very much are uh you know we we are keeping our roots and staying right here well i remember uh speaking with joel right after uh thanksgiving of last year joel swift is uh one of the owners of uh eureka heights and and he mentioned he was so happy he couldn't stop grinning but you guys had some incredibly high numbers one of the highest selling SKUs at uh heb there and uh in In the the heights Heights. yeah Yeah, heb for those who are not from the uh, texas area is a chain of grocery stores that's very much like Kroger. Yeah, or, yeah, very much like a Kroger or something like that. Except that they are very much Texas based. Yeah, yeah. Texas. it was a, it was a quite a celebration for us. Uh, it was something that we didn't expect uh, to happen. Uh, we um, they 
launched a brand new store in the Heights, as most of y'all know. Uh, we were one of the uh, beers that were brought on uh, and were able to expo during those first week, that first weekend it was open. And uh, as the week uh, ended, we found out we were the top second or third selling SKU across wow. the board in HEB, not just that, in beer not just sales. beer, but everything. Everything. Wow. So what you're, what you're saying is that you were in basically doing one of those things where you have a table, you're same, pouring, yeah, sampling, pouring little yeah. samples, and what's happening is people are drinking it and saying, that's well, good. Yeah. I got to say, okay, so home. this Buckle Bunny, which I we joke about, it, I'm very familiar with this. This mm-hmm. is an outstanding uh, cream ale or blonde ale, which I believe is the same sure. designation, but it's, it's called cream ale on here. Um, this beer is so good. Like, just its presentation, it's incredibly friendly can. Let me see that for it a second. And, and it says crisp and corny like a delightful Look dad Look how joke. friendly this can <laughs> is. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, how can you not, you know, how can you not love that? <laughs> right? Like, like that bunny? is the absolute opposite of like an arrogant bastard bottle. No, we were right, talk- exactly. <laughs> <laughs> right. And we were talking about the uh, the millennials and their and their PBRs and stuff like that. I find like I say this this is a good gateway craft beer mm-hmm. for uh, those millennials drinking uh, well, the so, two and three. And that brings PBR, up the yeah. point that I was about to make. This uh, and gateway can be kind of used as a eh, yeah whatever term or an excuse for a beer to be okay but not great. This is a great beer mm-hmm. sure. that mm-hmm. I think just about anybody drinking a macro brew could go. I get this, you know? Right, mm-hmm. right, exactly. And people, as you said, gateway, people who are not accustomed to macro brews, this is a way for them to enjoy something that's got a great deal of flavor but without having some of the bitterness that some right. of the IPAs and, sure. and other beers can have that might set them back just a little this bit. This beer you know? also does a few things that you won't get from a macro brew. First off, the malt forwardness on this wonderful. is so wonderful mm-hmm. and smells so good that um, – that you don't get that like your beer's a little warm stink in the air mm-hmm. after mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> after no that's absolutely right. <laughs> and and the, I would uh, say, the other thing is uh, it tastes fine warm but when it's cold it goes down so incredibly smooth and your uh, your carbonation is right on too yes, like the carbonation absolutely. when it's cold is just about chuggable right yep. there and I'm going to say something very scientific here um, it doesn't do something that a lot of cream ales do that I don't particularly like. And that is, and here's the scientific part, that with a lot of cream ales, after I drink them, I want to go, like there's something. Like a film? Yes. Yeah. Like, yes. Yes. That's it. Uh, and this doesn't do that at all. Mm-mm. Like it just, it just washes down It's a very clean, clean finish. And it's, yeah, it's got a wonderful finish to it. And it just, uh, uh, I love it. This is, uh, this is a favorite that stays in the refrigerator here. Uh, at the at the except studio, for yeah. today. except for today, except yes. For today. Uh, but I have to mention that uh, this is a taller can than yeah. I'm used to. Well, and I will. So while you can still grab the, uh, we're getting more of these right I now. I see Ian's doing a grab uh, as as we speak. Ian, my glass has he a, a little an issue. topper. Yes. Uh, no, we we do sell the twelve I just ounce can for the beer opening. <laughs> I love it. Okay, so good. Go. Well, now that it's open. Uh, yeah. No, we we do sell the twelve ounce cans in uh, major grocery stores, but these sixteen ounce cans are going to start finding at you know local concert uh, venues. Oh wow! Uh, they are now on sale at Minute Maid Park. So nice. if you want to go to awesome. Minute Maid Park and grab a sixteen ounce Buckle Bunny, you can also get it in in, uh, in draft form at Torchy's Taco up there as well. Yes, yes. So uh, these are kind of been kind of made to order for the concert goers the entertainment goers um may you may see these down the road in stores as well but that'd be awesome because they're so pocket friendly oh yeah yeah so i want to go back to uh when we talked about you guys rolling out into stores from the um from having been an available only at the brewery sure. and pran uh, into stores I, from a 
you know, just from a, the perspective of, of someone watching this happen, whatever you guys did, you totally did it right. The the stores seem to embrace you, both the, uh, you know, the beverage stores, the, uh, the specs and, and, and other locations, and the grocery stores seem to embrace you. And I remember thinking, and again, I, I don't want to, I, I love your product, but I remember thinking when it first came out, okay, they got Buckle Bunny and Mini Boss into, into the grocery stores. If they're lucky, they'll be able to keep Buckle Bunny mm-hmm. down the road. Even after the stores, you know, move on to something right. else, mm-hmm. Buckle Bunny will take hold because it's it's. And you guys have proved me t- like totally wrong. You not only have both of those still in the store, but I'm seeing them carrying like all of your other stuff mm-hmm. too. How, how'd you accomplish that? You're a little company. Yeah. Grocery stores cut big deals with big beverage companies. Sure. No, I mean, I'll tell you kind of uh, how we went about doing that. We obviously um, started building these relationships in the community and with all these uh, local partners well before we were even getting into that stage of mm-hmm. canning and being distributed in the source. It was something that we, I don't think we're looking to do this early. I mean, it kind of just mm-hmm. happened rapidly and the success of it helped us move quite quicker but um, you know we started building these relationships we didn't let go of these relationships even today we're still very much on the ground in these stores uh, you know working with them helping to sell the product um, and I think you know that sometimes can be uh, a factor you know you you know you get your beer out there you, you give it a good pop you're out there supporting it and then you just let it ride on its own and we want to keep keep the momentum keep, going yeah, keep the pops and going, so yeah. we we started doing that I mean what it's resulted in is two cans two skews on shelves we got Mini Boss and Buckle Bunny at first. We can't uh, seem to keep them on shelves. It seems to move quite rapidly in all locations, uh, to which now we then released our third um, third item, Mostly Harmless, in cans, mm-hmm. which is actually a seasonal release. Uh, and as we roll out every three or four months, we'll have a new seasonal release. Next one we have coming up is our Mandarin Pills Wow Factor. Nice. Uh, that'll come out as well. But you're going to start seeing more of our product on shelves as time goes on. We did a very strategic plan to build up for this. And uh, instead of you know creating a big boom up front, releasing everything out the gate, we decided mm-hmm. to release it very slow. I think that's so smart. With Mini yeah. Boss, Buckle Bunny being our two staples it was, always in it the It was stores. easier yeah. for the stores to give you two SKUs yeah. than it would have been. Been if you'd come in and said, "Okay, we're releasing the Absolutely. stores, yeah, we need and we have six SKUs," right? Exactly. Right. Uh, that does but make sense. We, we, you know, we did that too in the same the, uh, in the same aspect to you know create a, a relationship, create a um, a drive around our beer, and show these these retail locations that we're not just a, a one pop. You know, right, right. we can we can come out here and bring out a new style every few months and and kill it, and they are loving us because of it. Uh, and not to say anything about any other brewery that's doing this. They're you know a lot of the craft beers in Houston are, are starting to can as well. Crap mm-hmm. Brewers and he's starting to can platypus just started canning right, right. Uh, 11 mm-hmm. blows out there now. Mm-hmm. And so they're all doing very well and we're all out there supporting each other make sure our cans stay on shelves and I, I love that together. in yeah. spite of the competition right. for shelf space yeah. and what have you. There does seem to be a bit of a camaraderie among Absolutely. at least in if this area. If you've ever been to one of the stores where you have a couple of the companies at the same time, it's fun to watch mm-hmm. because yeah. they yeah. all get along. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we're drinking each other's beers, <laughs> uh, sneaking them underneath the table. No, uh, I love that. <laughs> no, it is. Uh, I think even when I joined the 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 uh, industry about a year ago, I, I came in with the idea that this was all you know a rat race. We were all trying to you know get to first, and it def I was shot down quickly on that. And like, mm-hmm. no, no, this is a this is a community. It's almost like a community. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and we we are all you know we do a lot of collaboration events together. We do you know collaboration beers together. I we love that idea very very yeah. much, and I love seeing that happening. So all right, I want to talk uh, when we come back. I'm uh, we're going to take a quick break. Uh, when we come back, I want to talk. Most 
mostly harmless and <laughs> what what may be such a cute illustration that it's cuter than even the bunny. <laughs> uh, uh, but bef- but before we do that, I just wanted to mention your um, your IPA, mm-hmm. um, Mini Boss. the Mini Boss. Not only is it a really great beer and instantly became one of my three or four go tos for IPA because I love IPA. Yours is right in the the zone that I like, which is a little uh, crisper, uh, not like super heavy hops, but got a little of the citrus vibe to it. So you you were right in my wheelhouse for taste. Not only that, but I instantly it instantly became my favorite can of all time <laughs> because it I says because it says all your hopper belong to us, which references the Moon greatest Ice. internet meme of all time. And uh, I, where does some I, I, I've, I've worked in the corporate world for so much of my career. I could just imagine in most places coming in with the idea, guys, here's what we do. We put we put this little you know eight bit looking character on the can, <laughs> and we say all your hopper belong to us, <laughs> and have people looking at you like you need a box to gather your things on the way out. <laughs> I mean, uh, and yet somehow this actually got to market with you guys. And I just, what that said to me mm-hmm. about the culture of Eureka Heights was was something that made me an instant fan. Awesome. Yeah, yeah which I think is really good. The, just the fact that nobody said, nah, that's too stupid. We can't do that. You know? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I get it. Yeah, it, uh, we've gotten people too that say like, "Oh, that's grammatically wrong, even on the can." Right. It's actually, it's actually a reference from from a video game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah. so it is. Um, it, for those that get it, really appreciate it. Right. And for those that don't, we have to explain it to them. But we're happy to. Yeah. Uh, so I- I- anybody that doesn't know it, like and, and some people might not have heard this, just just Google. Uh, all your bass are belong to us. Yes, and the vi- there'll be videos that you can look and up songs uh, mm-hmm. and songs. <laughs> yeah, there's all kinds <laughs> of stuff, and so you'll know what it's all about. So anyway, great beer, great packaging, and uh, and then you came out with mostly harmless, which is a whole other story. So we'll get to that uh, in just a couple of moments. Plus, we still have it, folks. The seven rules of cigar lounge etiquette will come uh, right back. It's smoking and toasting. Yeah. I was so happy when I bought the first like six yeah. pack of that. I was like, this is the great. I can't wait for you to see it. <laughs> Welcome back. It's Smoking and Toasting. Our show is all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. Doing a very beer-centric show today and loving it. We haven't done a real like craft beer-focused show in a while. So, it has been uh, a while, hasn't so it? So I'm really glad to be able to do this, and, and everything is tasting so good. Uh, it's show number 138, Eureka Heights in the house, and we are brought to you by a B&B Butchers and Restaurant at 1814 Washington Ave in Houston, in the shops at Clear Fork in Fort Worth. And, uh, you know, I, I can't let a whole show go by without saying bacon, bacon, bacon. Bacon. Have the bacon. It's it's the most unnaturally wonderful thing from being. Oh Bush. man, have I ever? <laughs> <It's>, uh, <laughs> That's I why mean, I'm speechless just, right uh, now. It's yeah. just such a wonderful thing. There are there are a handful of things that are really really wonderful, and that is one of them. That's got to he's got to go there. So, hey, want to give out big congratulations to a craft brewer because they made it into the what I guess is now the biggest movie of all time, Avengers Endgame. Nice. So, have you seen it yet? No, I haven't. Okay, seen it Okay, so yet. I'll be careful not spoiling. So have you yeah. seen it? Okay, so 
I'll just say there's a scene that you're going to enjoy that involves Thor and beer. Nice. And when they show up at Thor's house, he and some friends are there, and they're having beers. I can say this without that being a spoiler. Yeah, I don't think it's a spoiler. Okay. And the uh, beer actually turns out to be craft beer, and it's very, very kind of exciting. was particularly exciting for Creature Comforts Brewing Company because – Thor is drinking their beer in the uh, in, in the movie. I wonder awesome. they paid for that. Uh, apparently, <laughs> according to this article that I've read, they actually did not pay for it. The Avengers people came to them and asked if they would send them beer. Wow, the people That's doing the cool. movie. That's and awesome. And they did. Yes. So um, it it's a pretty uh, it's a it's a pretty pretty thing. They said uh, the beer kind of became a thing around the set. Apparently, and so. The uh, the movie's producers decided to put it in, and, and uh, it it got into the hands of some of the higher-ups, they said. Obviously, they knew they had a need for beer in the storyline, so they had no idea, though, how prevalent it would be. And so later on, there's this scene where Thor decides that he's joining up with uh, some new companions. I'm trying not to spoil it's this. It's hard, right? yeah. You're, you're, you're totally right. You're teetering okay. on no, the... No, no, I'm not, I'm not la, messing this up. No, 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 no. No, listen. Thor decides he's going to hang out with some new people, right? Okay. And they're trying to convince him to do so, and they say, we've got beer. And so the people from Creature Comforts were like, oh, I hope it's our beer, oh, I hope it's our beer, because they knew they'd already seen in the earlier scene, right? And turns out it was another one of their beers nice. uh, when when the beer was shown. So so they're all very happy, and I don't blame them. And, and I mean, this is a piece of, piece of pop culture history That's right awesome. here. Because awesome. Endgame is, like, the biggest movie, yeah. like, ever, I guess. So Yeah, I think I actually time. am the only person that hasn't seen it. I thought you were going to go. I, you know, I... We didn't Ian, have a chance. I feel like it's a better advertisement Very, than a Super Bowl commercial yeah, oh, at I th- this point. I, I think it would amazing. have to yeah. be, yeah. yeah. What's really interesting about Endgame is the um, the almost total lack of negativity. Like, every time something gets really popular, there is created an almost immediate sort of a backlash pushback. And at least so far, I haven't encountered a lot of that for Endgame. I mean, you know, there's always haters, but you, you know what I mean? Like, sure. it seems like it's almost universally liked. And that's a crazy hard thing to do. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Crazy hard thing to do. So anyway, congratulations to Creature Comforts. That's a uh, that's a big feather so in their cap. This beer is mostly harmless. Yes, it is. And uh, Ian, if you wouldn't mind, let's let's make sure that the uh, uh, the beer cam has a good shot at that. Uh, so this may be the. I don't know the cutest like beer friendliest. can uh, friendliest of all time the little dolphin with the towel on do you know the reference uh, to that no it I don't says, know what that a is a hop uh, a hoppy pail of very little threat a very little threat that's yeah. a so, very that's a very yeah. Douglas Adams thing right, right. there so so is that the reference is so, the Douglas Adams actually reference? well it's yeah it's a it's a hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy okay. reference uh, that's why he has the towel that's why he's got the I'll always bring a towel, towel. Mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Don't forget your towel, uh, but yeah. So every you know, as you may see, all of our beers are associated with their own character uh, mm-hmm, for the most part, mm-hmm. uh, and we want you to associate yourselves with that character too. You have a favorite beer, you know, rep your your character. Uh, <laughs> Mini boss still reigns supreme, but uh, right, that's a, that's yeah. a great character, yeah. But mostly harmless is a is a very popular beer. Not to mention a popular character uh, of ours as well. Uh, it does uh, come from the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy uh, uh, book, and I guess movies, if you will, movie, if you will. But uh, this one is a um, a, a very 
uh, light, refreshing pale ale. Uh, I like to always refer to it as a, uh, if you're not into IPAs, uh, this is this is one to help you along into right. appreciating that. It's got mm-hmm. the hoppiness uh, that an IPA, but not too overwhelming. Uh, it's actually the same ABV as Buckle Bunny. It's right. a 4.5, which is, you know, you drink it, you're, I'm, I'm always surprised by that, too. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. this should be what, like a 7 point. Right. <laughs> right. Well, um, most of the time, a pale ale or an IPA sure. is in the neighborhood of 7, unless right. it's a, a double or an imperial. Yeah, so so. It's, it's very sessionable, crushable, if you will. Uh and uh, it, you know, it's it's a great flavored beer. Got a good uh, citrus, like citrus taste to it. Um, obviously, as a it's German it's interesting malt. on the nose because it immediately smells like a very light mm-hmm. IPA. Right. Like right. Right. It, it will actually Which, fool you when you put it up right. to your nose and think that's very that's going to be an IPA. But you know, there is enough hop bitter on the finish. That this definitely is a step beyond the Buckle Bunny. Like, Absolutely. like my friends that don't like that sort of hop bitter, I don't necessarily send them here. I send them to the Buckle Bunny sure. instead. But this has got this is like for when you're ready for that next step and you want just that little bit more, you know, flavor creeping in there, but you still want something, you know, very crushable. Sure. So, yeah. Uh, no, it's a it's a tasty beer for sure, uh, and probably one of our top three or four sellers. So that's so interesting to me because I didn't know when it first came out and I tasted it, I loved it. But I didn't know how it would do. I thought, mm-hmm. is this is there a, a a niche for this in the mm-hmm. you know in in the lineup? And let me ask you this question: sure. You've obviously got Buckle Bunnies. You know, I think you know probably your best seller or close to your best seller. Mm-hmm. But what happens when you come out with mostly harmless? Does Buckle Bunny take? Any kind of a hit in in sales? It does. Does it cannibalize another of your own brands? It doesn't. I think you know we we were all very curious too to see what that would do, and it, right. it didn't. I think um, it, it only created more excitement. So those people that were coming in to buy Buckle Bunny also are picking up a mostly harmless now too. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, we we see a lot of uh, it's a, it's a good foil to it though. It's good. Mm-hmm. Like I'll have one of these. Then was I I generally like yeah. to back up what you said. I generally have a few flavors. Uh, of beers in my fridge mm-hmm. outside of you know i have my fridge where i store all my bigger beers your beer fridge you've been telling me about this beer but, um, fridge. yes <laughs> but uh beer vault. It's, it's not as nice as joel's his you can walk that into like yeah, he's gonna walk into your <laughs> vault <laughs> but anyway um yeah that one's like this room but um no it's it's when i when i have beers that are you know sessionable beers and stuff i usually have a few flavors in the fridge because sometimes i want to go here and sometimes i want something to break it up a little Mm -hmm, bit mm -hmm. so i think the uh that the mostly harmless is a nice foil to this because it has a lot of the similar upfront malt profile but then it has that different finish on it too right and it it really is a um a great way you know I, i often think about this like it's people are becoming more um interested in finding beers that are not um you know gonna just keep adding huge amounts of pounds to the waistline mm-hmm. uh that's becoming more and more a thing oh, yeah. sessionable beers and beers that are light enough that you feel like you can have a few and you're not going to be you know uh really you know really struggling at the gym tomorrow just to just to work off the beer you had last night um and so the challenge has been making those beers taste good 
mm-hmm. because light beer has been around for a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but as we know, when we did like our light beer blind taste test, like there's not that many great tasting light beers out there. Uh, so to see so many um, companies so successfully wading into this area of beers that are like a little bit lower the carbs, ale, a little bit lower lagers, uh, uh, calories, um, it, but that are still very flavor forward. I mean, this is so encouraging. Well, you're right on the, on the the locale beer selections. It's it's, it's uh, coming back from a conference a couple weeks ago, finding out that um, spiked seltzer waters are are really so creeping up as a and and kind of eating beer sales because people are looking for a low alcohol low or low calorie alcohol option, well, and that's it's killing it right now. I will say a secret of mine for a long time has been Topo Chico with lime and vodka. Yeah. Uh, it's delicious and light and tasty and low calorie. So you know what, dripping water makes vodka sense. and ice is pretty much just fine by itself. Yeah, so you're, you're absolutely <laughs> right. Ian. You got a good point there. But like, it's a great uh, combo. but but I enjoy a little bit of carbonation so that uh, you know so that that can make it good because I have a tendency to drink it faster. So it's good to to, <laughs> to dilute it. So so a um, a very interesting uh, list has come out. Uh, based again on another one of these surveys and studies, wouldn't you love to be one of the companies that does surveys and studies? They apparently are never out of work, these companies. Obviously They're not. constantly out there doing these things. Uh, they have listed for us the top 12 factors uh, consumers consider when they're choosing a craft beer. And uh, they were trying to learn more about it. So it's the C plus R research uh, company. They recently surveyed 2,000 Americans. Over the age of 21, who identify as regular alcohol drinkers, they asked how regularly people are drinking craft beer. study found that 49% of the respondents drink craft beer at least once a week. Uh, The study also found that 94% are drinking more craft beer now than they were one year ago. Now, that's a pretty interesting number. Mm -hmm. Uh, So the most preferred style of craft beer was currently uh, IPA with 41% of respondents visiting a brew pub or brewery at least once per month. Does that make sense to you based on what you see that that people I mean, come, yeah. come there once a month? If not if not more, uh, you know, we we do have uh, a loyalty program at the brewery and we mm-hmm. ask people to check in when they come into the brewery. It's something new we've started a couple mm-hmm. weeks ago and we're finding that there're people that have checked in four or five times in the last 2 weeks. Like Interesting. Yeah. Um, again, it doesn't I think it's not sometimes it's not all because of the beer, it's yeah. because of the 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 environment. Um, yeah, the atmosphere. Yeah. And so you're finding people coming in from numerous things, just, you know, for a quick beer after work or for a birthday party or mm-hmm. just, you know, for trivia nights or something of that yeah, nature. Yeah. So we, I, I, you know, I can say, yeah, probably maybe on the average, the average person that, you know, is is not the quite the connoisseur of craft beer, but looking for that type of uh, product or environment, they might be coming in once or twice I a month. I think that yeah. what you guys have, though, is you guys have found a market where you have a lot of people that would probably without your place there be people that would go to a bar or something well, yeah, like right. that, but I would, you, you've got kind of a richer environment. I was just going to ask, do you think this is having a negative impact on the bar scene? It has to. It has to because, like, it's like a bar in a lot of – and not, not every bar, obviously, but but your typical bar in general, dive bar or whatever, your neighborhood bar, is just some little place where the lights are kind of low and you're sitting in there talking and there's a jukebox – Whereas you can go down to somewhere like Eureka Heights that has, oh, I don't know, they have the uh, beanbags, boards, they have yoga, they have, you guys had a riding bull there. 
We did. Uh, or a mechanical bull there yeah. a while back. I mean, you have food trucks. And don't sell it short. Brian just checked in on the comments and said it's definitely the bathrooms. It's definitely. It's the, we have a poster up saying we have the best bathrooms in Houston. There's, there's <laughs> that. I mean, there's there, there's so many things going on, the video games and everything else. And then you have such a nice open, open atmosphere. Like, you guys are not a dank little dive bar. You guys are a big, open building. And you have not well, only that, but you have... The main room where the bar is, you have a secondary room where you have events a lot of times. Um, you have another area where you had the mechanical bull. I can't stop talking about the mechanical well, bull. Then you have an apparently outside. Apparently made quite a, uh, quite an impression on We need to install that thing, too, for, for full year-around <laughs> use. <laughs> yep. You had an outside downstairs area, and then you just turned that tiny little parking lot that was upstairs into its own area. So you've yeah. got all these different zones. Which is really nice because, like, yeah. some places, like, you walk into a place, the music's a little too loud. Can I get away from it? Can I go somewhere else where I can talk? Can I, you know, those, like, or, or you know, you got groups of people here and groups of people. It's really nice to just have a place where you can go find a spot. Yeah. You know? I'm a bit of a believer in the whole survival of the fittest uh, mentality. And so, what I would hope is that if the popularity of brew pubs and, and uh, breweries uh, that, that are becoming regular uh, destinations for people to go and drink and hang and have a good time. Hopefully, it's not killing the good bars. Hopefully, it's just killing the shitty ones. Well, we're, you know? we're, we're helping Well, you that can bring out. the family, yeah. too. So yeah, if you're that's mom true. and dad and you got a couple kids, they've got well, stuff and, the kids can run around. And here's the thing, too. When you, you, know, you, talk about, uh, you talk about it maybe hurting the bars, a lot of the breweries, too, we don't stay open that late. You know? Right, we, right. We stay open until 9 o'clock at night. Right. So, you know, the, the, the casual afternoon drinkers or ones out there with their families are going to go home, and then the... Those those uh, night owls are going to go out mm-hmm. to the bar. So we that's a good point. We try to you know we try not to to hurt the business of our surrounding businesses and bars uh, as well as the ones you know out around town um, by you know closing our doors a little early, not being open on Mondays and Tuesdays. You know we we do get a lot of traffic through the brewery, but you know we don't we don't want to hurt the people that are selling our beer as well. So before yeah. we take a break, in order of uh, highest to lowest. The most important factors when people choose a craft beer. Twelve of them on the list. We'll see what you think. I don't think, think of sure. twelve different things when I buy a beer. I don't either, but but these are these are what was listed. Uh, number one was taste. Now, that makes total sense to me that that would be number one. Sure. You're going to buy the beer you think tastes the best. That's mm-hmm. going to be your favorite. Number two is style, and what they mean by that is, you know, like... Stout or IPA or or pale ale or or cream ale or whatever. Not having a bow tie on the can. Or, right, right. <laughs> okay, gotcha. Yeah. Uh, number four is mountains to tell you if the beer is cold. No, I'm yes. kidding. I'm totally. I totally made that up. Oh, that like, is, you kidding? <laughs> no, that is completely not. No, that was brilliantly that was placed. Completely not true. Uh, in fact, that didn't make the list. I yeah, why are your cans not cold? Av- cold activated. Yeah. By the way. Uh, what is wrong we're with working your on that technology? Yeah. What if? Uh, what if the uh, the towel slipped off well, of the uh, of the we, uh, dolphin when the can turned. You have cold. to download the app, and the Wi-Fi enabled in the can will tell you if it's cold. Or not. Okay, there you go. There you go. Well played. Uh, number three is actually price, and that makes total sense to uh-huh. me that that would be fairly high on the sure. list. Uh, number four is the brewery. Mm-hmm. So there is some real brewery loyalty loyalty yeah. beginning to happen. And if you think of like some of the you know some of the craft brewers like. You know the dogfish heads and the stones, and uh, you know some of those guys. You can see that there is some. You know, as an IPA guy, I'll try anything that Stone puts out, absolutely, yeah. because I have that level of loyalty. And as to, a person who likes ridiculous beer, I'll try anything that both of those companies put out. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. Hey, but but that that would be some of that loyalty that yes. that you're talking about. Uh, number five, believe it or not, alcohol percentage. 
So I don't know whether that means high or low. I suppose oh, so it means I have a friend of mine. Oh. He might be the singer in my band. Um, <laughs> and he used to not buy beer unless it was like 8% or above, right? <laughs> well, he's, Like he just wouldn't buy it. He so, didn't want to waste time. So Devil's Backbone was one of his go-to right, because it right, was right. like – it's like eight dollars for a six pack mm-hmm. of, you know, eight percent. Fairly above. high, eight percent. Yeah, yeah. But now he's on a diet, so everything he uh, buys has to be like, like four and a half percent well, or below. So, so this totally figures into exactly what <laughs> we were talking about. That both the high and the low. The high and the low. Yeah, I think it could be yeah. either or. Into this uh, for for number five. Number six is the brewery location. Now this is really interesting because what I assume that means is it's people supporting. Local, mm-hmm. but I wonder if that even extends to neighborhood. I and what about easy so. in and yeah. easy out? Too? Right, right, absolutely. Plenty of parking. You yeah, know. Right. parking yeah, has yeah, a stuff lot like to do that. With that. But but if you so. live in the Heights in Houston, mm-hmm. are you going to be most interested in the breweries that are in your neighborhood, as opposed to say ones that are in you know uh, uh, Conroe? And if you're in Conroe. You may be more loyal to those breweries right, than you are right. to breweries in the Heights well, or Midtown. something you can ride a bicycle or walk to. Yeah, or, yeah. You know, or easy Uber. You know? Right, easy Uber. And as of now, I mean, we, I think, if I'm not mistaken, we're the only craft brewery in the Heights now since Town & City are no longer. Uh, yeah. They're now a cider company. See, that's yeah. crazy because I would think the Heights would be where all the craft breweries you would think in, so. yeah. in Houston would be. But, you know, you got East Downtown. You got, you know, uh, a lot of out. other hot locations. So very interesting. Uh, number uh, seven is packaging and branding. So this this makes sense to me. In fact, I might have even expected it to be a little Up higher. higher. Yeah, yeah, because very much your first impressions of a beer. You know, when I'm standing yeah. in the beer department as Specs, which is you know about three four times the size of this room. If uh-huh. I'm downtown, you know, you're looking at hundreds and hundreds of different choices, and it's very often packaging that leads me to what I decide. To try, I, I don't go, know if that's I go shallow. for style first and then yeah. packaging second. So, so, so style meaning you're yeah. going go to try. I'm going to go to a particular kind of beer. I'm going to go to a, a store and go. I want a, a sour. Uh, so right, I go to right. the sour section and right. start looking at varieties that way. And I, I mean, it's hard not to to say that the the can itself doesn't draw attention and want to make you buy something. Our cans are not very busy, but as again, you know, referencing the characters on there helps right. sell these cans too. Absolutely. For those that don't know about us or have never heard of our beer or even been to our brewery, they look at that bunny or that that dolphin and like, oh, that's cute. I wonder what that's about. Uh, number eight, and I admit I fall right into this one: available in bottles. Really? So, sorry, Ian. I, yeah. I you know, th- this is an ongoing uh, uh, tug of war between Ian and me because he prefers beer in cans. Mm-hmm. Can, I prefer good. In bottle. Yeah. Uh, now, in fairness, some of my favorite beers in the world come only in cans. But, but if I were to choose, I would choose for beer to be uh, in bottles instead of cans. Well, so for me, like if I'm at home drinking a beer. Yeah, whether it's in a bottle or a can, doesn't I'm matter. Almost gonna, always going to pour it into a glass. Well, that's why the can thing doesn't bother me. Almost generally, always. generally, almost always going. I actually do not like drinking beer out of a can. Uh, I don't, I don't, I don't no. enjoy that. Yeah, I'm eh about it. I'm but fine. I'm pouring it in, around it, I'm if I'm pouring it into a, bo- a, a a glass, I'm I'm fine. You know, I'm fine. I'm fine around it. But uh, but frankly, I just think beer tastes fresher out of a can. Like I just think it's there's so less less uh, possibility for uh, for it to be. Um, What's the word I'm looking for? Uh, 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 skunky, skunky, yeah, yeah. skunky. Yeah. Just, any light? Yeah, yeah, anything, anything like that to be uh, violated. <laughs> but uh, I, th- I just think cans are just a better deal too. Number nine mm-hmm. is pairs with food. 
That I agree with. This is becoming a bigger and bigger deal. We've talked about this uh, at length on the show, but pairing beer with food didn't used we've, to be a we've thing. We've come it's a, a long now. way from beer and pizza. Right. Like, people are no, getting right. a little more specific well, I mean, guys, than I, that I'm nowadays. doing, I, I have a sold out beer and cheese pairing class happening mm. next week. I mean, this is awesome. a real thing. Like, uh, I mean, it's being it's being talked about on all the social media networks, all those buzz feeds and thrillists and stuff that. like that. It's a it's new it's a new beer and food pairing Something culture. We've done very interestingly on the show almost by accident is occasionally when we're tasting spirits the pairing of the beer with beer the spirit spirits, yeah. and how one impacts the other and what mm-hmm. flavors they bring out on each other it's a it's a very interesting thing. Yeah. Uh number 10 available in draft. Mm-hmm. I I I am a huge fan of draft as long as uh you know the people who are pouring the beer on draft know what they're doing or as, they've, as or they've had a, a visit from Mark. At my house, yeah. I will find the best beer and one of my favorite beers that they have like up at Specs and I will just buy the keg of it. Yeah. I'm just, I'm fine with that. Yeah. Yeah. And some people are like, well you can drink that much of the same beer. Oh yeah. Sure. <laughs> that answer yeah. would be yes. When it's that good, yeah. yeah. That answer would be what well, right when it's that good. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. And so, you know, Ian and I barely knew each other, but my wife had known him for uh, a long time. And uh, we wound up going to his wedding. And so I'm standing at his wedding, and there's the big keg of beer. And I'm, like, actually, you know, doing the little thing and pouring out some beer. And I went to t- – I was like, this is the greatest wedding I've ever been to. There's actual really good beer <laughs> at his wedding. Because usually when you're siphoning it out of the keg, it's not yeah as good as that was. That was, uh, that was a good I've thing. gone to more weddings lately now that instead of having a liquor bar, have craft beer bars. Uh, mm-hmm. It's becoming much more of a thing. Yeah. Much more of a thing. Uh, number 11 is sizing. So I guess that refers to, you know, like the size of the cans. Or, for your buck. <coughs> right, getting a bang for your buck. Did you know, speaking of bang for your buck, it is actually cheaper to buy two six-packs of Lone Star Tall Boys than it is to buy one 12-pack of Lone Star uh, 12-ounce cans. Huh. And and the Tall Boys, uh, and basically that's... How long did you wow. sit in the aisle and did that math? Took me a while. Yeah. <laughs> Finally, number 12, Ian, this one's for you, available in cans. So it does go both ways. I don't, you know, I don't not buy a beer because it's in bottles. I, mm-hmm. I just actually prefer cans generally. So if, for instance, if I walk up and see like St. Arnold Springbok was available in bottles and cans, I'll buy You'll the cans. take the can. And see, I would, I would completely go the other way. That's, well, yeah. You know, and in a can, you know, the sunlight hasn't hit it. It just hasn't been, you know, hasn't had any issues. So. Well, and I, I, I would go the can route myself only because uh, if it's durability to travel. I will grant you that. Also, all the good reasons about cans that bottles suck. That's what we're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not give them hell. <laughs> I, will, uh, I will take that as a good cue to wrap the segment up, and we will uh, take a very quick break. Uh, break. When we come back, uh, Ian, the, uh, tell me again about the whiskey you brought us today. This is the, the uh, Glen Scotia. Double cast. Oh, it's the double cast. That's right. Oh, so really excited to taste this. Plus, as promised, the seven rules of cigar lounge etiquette in the next segment. You are watching and listening to Smoking and Toasting. Make sure you take Vino. Welcome back. It's smoking and toasting. We are 
all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. Uh, show number 138 is in progress, and we are uh, uh, excited to have Eureka Heights in the house today. I uh, wanted to uh, mention a couple quick things from the comments. Uh, Brian, uh, Wiki Brian wanted to know if I'm done talking about Endgame, which I was, but now I think I should probably talk about it more. Let's bring just, it back. Just to, just to be annoying. Uh, and also wanted to give a, a huge shout-out and lots of love to my buddy Maria Todd, who is uh, uh, listening and who uh, just, just did one of those nice little, uh, this is a great podcast if you want to learn more about beer and, and spirits and cigars. She's so pretty awesome. Maria awesome. is awesome. And easily... Easily in the top five funniest people on the planet. I, well, I she actually will was on, stand uh, by that. On she's our blind uh, light beer taste. <laughs> yes, she's actually yes. been on both of them. And yes. she was. Uh, and Maria's not a big like craft beer connoisseur. Not at she all. likes she's very she likes much, much about more the macro brew, uh, the macro brews and stuff. Uh, and she and was I, on, and, and I don't hold that totally against. Her. And she was uh, she w- but she was a great balance uh, to have on because she. Doesn't come at beer the same way right. that that you or I would. So uh, yeah, she was great and obviously very funny. And Maria is absolutely awesome. So while you, um, Ian, uh, what links did you go to to get the cork coming out of the uh, bottle sound effect today? Well, it's it's pretty amazing. What I actually had to do is go buy a bottle mm-hmm. that had a cork in it. Right, and then I put it up to a microphone, and I actually mm-hmm. here I'll, I'll I'll try and do this again. Right? Okay, let's All see right. if we can make this happen. This is something you just have to be real careful about don't, how you make these sound effects. Don't try this at home, or do. Let's see, pretty amazing. Yeah, uh, amazing how much it sounds that like sounded. a real thing. I love yeah, how good yeah, this it was sounds. amazing how much it sounded. Yeah, yeah it sounds incredibly authentic when out. you actually buy a real bottle and pull the cork off of it. So while you are uh, uh, pouring the Glen Scotia, Ian, let me lay this on you from Maxim Magazine. The Seven Rules of Cigar Lounge Etiquette. And I have a feeling this is going to be ridiculous. But Laugh incredibly loud. <laughs> exactly. Uh, actually, I agree Talk with, about Avengers Endgame. <laughs> talk, right, talk about Avengers Endgame as much as possible. Um, number one, I, I actually totally agree with this. Do not smell or lick a cigar. <laughs> Don't. <laughs> that one really got you. Okay, so I was at a... I was at the, at the new potato one night. I was hanging out there, and I'm chatting with this young guy, and he was like, "Oh yeah, I, I like cigars. I've smoked a few here and there. I really enjoy them." I said, "Well, here, I lay a cigar on you. You know, cigar smokers are like that. We'll just, you know, put a cigar on you." And uh, and I'm sitting there talking with him and and this other lady about cigars, and uh, and as I'm chatting, he takes the cigar and he puts the entire cigar, deep throat style, in his mouth, and then draws it completely out through his lips. I saw somebody do that earlier, like about a week ago. And she looks at him. She goes, "Are you supposed to do that to a cigar?" I said, "Well, I think that's a personal." Yeah, but I think it's a personal thing. choice. Yes, yes. No, and you're not talent? supposed to lick a. Well, c- you're I, not supposed to lick a cigar. Yeah. Our our buddy Alan Denny, who nobody cares about, nobody cares about, uh, uh, once was working for a uh, cigar uh, shop. It was uh, how he got into the cigar industry. And I believe, uh, Alan, I apologize if I'm crediting this story incorrectly, but I believe it was him that told me this, that they ha- would have to watch this one guy that would come in because he would go into the walk-in humidor, he would smell and then lick the cigars and then maybe decide that wasn't the one he wanted no. and put it back in the box. So that's that's really No. Awesome. But even if it's your own cigar, that's rule number one. Don't smell or lick your cigar. I don't think there's anything wrong, by the way. Now, you with know, smell I don't know. With taking a Once little, you little own the cigar, and, and that being said, like this kid that I'm talking about, I gave him the cigar. You can do what you want with it after that. Okay? Well, but, but it's etiquette, you know. It's etiquette. <laughs> but that's so. that's a little weird. Yeah, I uh, heard that. I, who 
who deep throats a cigar <laughs> on a normal basis? That's so I, bizarre. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. Someone trying to show off. Yeah, well, I don't, I don't know. Perhaps. Maybe somebody told him you have to do I don't know. <laughs> uh, number two, never blow smoke in someone's face. Keep in mind there are others around you while smoking, although it's normal to be around smoke. It's not okay to be consistently blowing smoke in the direction of a right. fellow smoke. Now, see, that just seems like a... Wouldn't everyone know that? You know, if I'm out and about and I notice cigar smoke is going right towards a specific mm-hmm. person, I will actually... Do you want to trade seats? Or, or I'll just turn around well, yeah, and exhale or, yeah. the other way. You know, that that that's a good way to do it. Uh, the next one is number three. Do not smash out your cigar in an ashtray. Nope. Now, this, this is a pet peeve of mine. I hate when people do this because, number one, it creates a much fouler kind of smoke. And number two, it lets me know, like, like you don't have to do that. The cigar will go out. Like, yeah, you don't sit it there. have to mess with that. It so. goes out on its own, and it's neat. And guess what? It doesn't. Like, sit there and smolder. When you smash it out, it actually smolders for mm-hmm, a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, do not let your cigar ash spill over on people. <laughs> Unless you're participating in a long ash contest, you should always respect your cigar okay, now, lounge. Okay, now, i, I got to tell you, I, I'm, I'm a victim of myself. Like, my cigar yeah. ash spills over on myself all the time. Right, right. Because I do like to have the long ash. I like the, the coolness of the way it smokes. But I, I victimize myself with that all the time. I will tell you from being outside uh, uh, and smoking outside, I have ruined so many pairs of shorts and sweatpants. Yeah, all it takes is that yeah. one little hot that ember. One little Damn hot it. ember, yep. <laughs> this is the first time I've worn it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's exactly when it happens. It's like wearing any knit shirt around my cat. Like, there's one wear uh, and it's done. All right, now this one I think maybe we need to talk about. Uh, I think it's good that they put this in there. Never take your own cigars to a cigar lounge. No. Now, there's a... a an unspoken rule here, but not everybody may know this. Like, it's really not a cool thing to do. Now, the only, the only. Sort How of many bars let you walk in with your own beer? There you go. It's a perfect example. Right. I will say though, um, if you have a locker at the cigar lounge and you have purchased those cigars previously from this establishment, it is totally okay this, to go to your locker and get. Uh, and get something, but this is about not bringing in your own, your own cigar that you ordered from Jr. online, uh, and bringing it in and taking advantage of the uh, the, the facilities from uh, your favorite, you know, local smoking lounge. Well, so Just a smoking cool lounge, much like a bar, relies upon sales to stay open. Mm-hmm. They don't, if you're sitting in a smoking lounge, and you bring your own cigar and your own drinks and everything, then you're basically soaking up their electricity, their business, and you're not giving anything back whatsoever, which is just not right for a business. Right, right. You know, so, you know, go buy a cigar. I'm not, I'll I'll be honest with you, I don't go out to uh, a lot of cigar shops and buy a bunch of boxes. I'm not that customer, unfortunately. They're not making a ton of money on me all the time. I like to buy a few individual cigars every time I go into a shop, which is probably a little more expensive on my side and leads to my humidor being quite the cornucopia yes I but love that, um but what i will tell you is if i go to a cigar shop i always go in and buy a cigar there because that's how they're going to make money even that's if it's right. one cigar it's know? absolutely right when we do a show both of us when you show at yes. a cigar store somewhere yes at cigar land both of us will always hit the humidor and make a purchase mm-hmm. before we leave it's just it's just common courtesy yeah it's and, how they stay open if you and, like that business yeah. then that's how you keep it there say, and i enjoy smoking the cigars later when i get home so it works out for everyone right yeah yeah uh the next one i almost don't want to read because it's just it just seems like duh uh always cut and light a cigar properly 
that's just that's just good advice for you know any anybody. And if you don't know how to cut or light a cigar, we'll go back and do a, a cigar one on one segment see, again. See number two. Do not lick your cigar. Right. Exactly. <laughs> I just you know, it, it's not that difficult to know how to cut and light a cigar. Now this one I think needs to be said though, and I think this may be the last one. Yes, it is. Don't be the I only smoke Cubans guy. Don't, don't, wouldn't you agree with that though? Because because we've all met that guy. Yeah, exactly. We've all met that guy, and he's he's annoying as hell to be around, and he generally doesn't know what he's talking about. Yeah, you know, I, I like I remember this one guy one time who was a a friend of mine. He used to tell me, "Oh, I figured it out. Why? You know, I don't like beer. I like ales," and I'm like, "You don't know what you're talking about." <laughs> because ales are beer, number one. And number two, what you're trying to say is, I don't like macro brews. I like, you know, uh, things that have more flavor to them. But there's some very, very good lagers out there mm-hmm. and some very, very good beers and other styles that are not ales, not ales that no. you probably like a lot. So, anyway. But, but all ales are beer. Not but, all beers are ale. Yeah, but the, I, but the I Only Smoke Cubans guy, I mean, that guy's just... You know, he doesn't know what he's talking about, and he's annoying. Well, you do know that Cubans make the best cigars ever, and there is no other cigar. There that's is no other cigar, yeah. Cuban and cigar. and that Cuban that you're holding is probably real, maybe, maybe, probably. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Ian, you have already opened and poured our spirit, so why don't you uh, show that to the? Uh, oh yeah, yeah. Uh, show that to the camera. Uh, in in answer to uh, Brian. We are without our crazy uh, tourney uh, beer and twirly and gig, Mister Twirly Gig, twirly gig uh, as he called uh, it. Thing. So I, uh, I, I think that. Uh, so uh, here's what happens with Mister Twirly Gig. When we have a guest on the show, we have a choice. We can either put a camera on the guest, or on Mister, or we gig. can have the beer cam. Good point. And so I think what we have decided was that we'd go ahead with a camera on the guest. Poor choice. Yeah. Not that attractive. <laughs> so the Instead Glen Scotia, Mr. tell me about Curry. this, Ian, because you brought this from your uh, from your personal collection. So this is the only uh, Campbelltown uh, malt that I have. There's, there's. What does that mean? Well, there's different regions in in Scotland that have okay. Okay. that that make uh, whiskey, and uh, Highland being the most prevalent then you got lowland you got campbelltown you got islay because this is a campbelltown and i actually uh did a scotch tasting with uh joel uh not too long ago and i realized that by region i did not have a single campbelltown so you went out and so i went and bought road. one yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay and uh this is not a, a particularly high dollar uh whiskey or anything like that i think uh if i remember correctly it's a uh, 60 ish is is or that seventy ish dollar bottle? This is the Glen Scotia double cask. And uh, is that region malt. known for a particular attribute? You know, different fruity, fruity. Okay, good. Fruity. I was going to say because you get a lot of fruity on the nose. Yeah, this. I haven't so, tasted it yet. So, uh, so some regions are specifically known for very certain things. Like Lowland is very peaty. Mm-hmm. Uh, Highland is generally uh, smoky and mm-hmm. and other things but the the Campbelltown is known to be very fruity and this follows up on that this has a lot wow, of fruit. this is nice this is also uh, since it's a double cast this is finished in a sherry cask and you so can definitely you get pick a up little on of that, that yeah. dry sherry mm-hmm. on the end that really really rounds it out um this does not go well with mostly harmless but it goes particularly well with uh buckle bunny by hmm. the way if you're going to pair the two up how interesting it doesn't it doesn't get along with the hops i think the yeah. bitterness doesn't and that, yeah. and that can happen a lot of times yeah. i think with the fruitier um uh, whiskeys 
that they don't necessarily mesh with the IPAs. And this is slightly overproof. This is a uh, 40, 46%. Um, and uh, it's it's about a, a medium, almost almost amber color versus brown. Um, it's it's a very light and spicy kind of flavor. It's, it's got, got a richness yeah. to it. It's got a nice burn to it, uh, a and nice nice heat, but it does have great spiciness. It's yes. a little sweeter than you generally get with a lot of uh, yes. scotches as well, whereas a lot of scotches can have more of that peaty, smoky, mm-hmm. or dryness. This has just a very big sweet malt bill right up front. And then finishes with like, I almost want to say like a tangerine kind of twang plus the uh, plus the sherry cask dryness, which what, is really interesting. What would you smoke with this? I I would think it'd be something lighter. Maybe I'm thinking back to the champagne. Light to medium. If you if you go with a, a full uh, a full flavored cigar, it'll bury this. Uh, it'll bury the nuances in this. You'll still taste mm-hmm. it, but it would definitely bury the nuances in this. So I would. On this, um, let's see, Aladino Maduro would be in the medium range. Um, probably not the Lancero because that's a little bit bigger taste. What about overall, the Connecticut? But, uh, the Connecticut would go great. The Connecticut. Yeah. So, by the way, those are out now. Yes. And they're available, and I have picked up some, and they're fantastic. Wonderful. And that's uh, much like we were talking about, like lagers and the lighter side of beers mm-hmm. can be so good. That Aladino uh, Connecticut is outstanding. And it would work well and it's with a this. Very I would light think. cigar because it's a lighter cigar. Yes, but very flavorful. And I could I could imagine right. this pulling some of that. And you have flavor an apple. That's another thing. Apple. Yes, through a lot on this is uh, like, apple. Some dried fruit. Yeah. And what's interesting is you get the fruit on the front, and then kind of the heat takes over mm-hmm. for a minute, and then you get the fruit again on the finish. Yeah. 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 This is this is turned out to be one of my uh, kind of little go tos uh, when I'm having a lighter cigar. Mm-hmm. Something like that. So other light cigars, uh, like a Fuente uh, Hemingway would go great with this. The uh, this uh, Reserva also... from Julio, uh, uh, from, from, um, uh, uh, sorry, Romeo y Julieta. Sorry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know where I was right, going. Right, right, right. And then uh, you know some some cigars like that would be on a, on the nice side. With and this, this could also work with a pipe as well. I would think. Yes, this would work very well. Uh, just nothing too uh, brutally aromatic. Right. Right. Or. Uh, like on the English style, tobaccos would work mm-hmm. well with this. Something with some leather notes and things like that work well with this. Earthy and leather would work with this. This is definitely a different. Um, it's not what scotch. you'd expect yeah. from, from what you call scotch. Definitely a different scotch, no right. question about it. Uh, it even has almost like on the very tail end. It has, uh, and I think they even mentioned it in the uh, on one, maybe it was on a review or on the website, but it has an almost bourbon kind of. Uh, uh, smoky on the very, very end, mm-hmm. like way in the back of the palate. Smoky and that little bit of sweet yeah. that bourbon can have. A little uh, smoky sweet. Sometime. Kind of. Nice. I bet Chris Hart would like this. Which is a little expected because it's, you know, they mature them in bourbon barrels. So Yeah. All right. We're going to take another uh, quick break and we're going to come back with our final segment. And I'm really excited about this final segment because we have not had this beer before. You said uh, uh, that this just came out. Is that right, Evan? That's correct. Yeah, it came out last week, I want to oh, say. Yeah. Very excited. So okay, so we'll right be uh, we'll be trying the brand new seasonal from Eureka Heights when we come back for our final segment. It's smoking and Toasting. What do you think about the scotch? It's, it's good. While we're on there. It's really good. I don't see it. I don't know. I could be of this. So when you said apple, I'm still trying to see what you want. Oh, so check it out. Take a sip. Uh-huh. Roll around just a touch swallow. And then breathe gently out of your nose. On the beach in Hawaii. Welcome back. It's smoking and Toastin', and we are 
here to talk about Avengers Endgame. No, I'm just kidding. We're, uh, <laughs> uh, we're craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. Show number 138 with Eureka Heights in the house. And we are brought to you by our good friends and and countrymen and bacon lovers to the max uh, at B&B Butchers and Restaurant. By the way, um, B&B is located at 1814 Washington Ave in Houston. B&B Lemons across the street. It's a wonderful pub. And uh, the steakhouse is also in the shops at Clear Fork at, uh, in Fort Worth. Ian and I had dinner there with our wives. And honestly, the best steak I've had in at least several years so good. Was, uh, was the steak so that I had that night. Good. It was just fantastic. B and B Italia, thank you, uh, Adam. On the wheels of steel is reminding me B and B uh, B Italia, I believe, B-B-B-Italia. just opened yeah, uh, new one. Uh, downtown Houston. So have not had a chance to try that out yet, but that is on the list. So Ian, I see you are already showing the beer cam. I'm playing the um, role of Mr. Twirly. Yes, you're doing a great job. And yeah, you you really uh, you really have stepped up, Ian, and I appreciate that. Uh, so this is called so hot right now. Yeah, so it is. Uh, it goes well with the uh, the summer heat right now. It mm-hmm. also goes well with this type of beer. It, it also <laughs> smells like you just threw a Christmas wreath down in front of me. It oh, straight man. up does. Yeah, it's very <laughs> very aromatic. Uh, this uh, this uh, New England IPA, or uh, better known as a hazy IPA, mm-hmm. is uh, appropriately titled "So Hot" right now because it, it kind of is, um, for lack of a better word, the new fad beer. Like it is the thing that. People are all about right now. They like hazy IP. Either you like hazy IPAs and you're obsessing about it, or you don't. So uh, this is orange juice. Yeah, I'm just yeah, going to tell you right now. This is the this is my favorite thing you guys have ever. This is my brewed. favorite orange juice I think I've ever. It done. is very it, juicy. It is very, this very is so juicy. incredibly terrible with toothpaste. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> right. Yes. <laughs> yeah. The, Finally, uh, a good beer that goes the well beer with toothpaste. And toothpaste pairing is, uh, is is definitely not on. No, this is wonderful, and it has the thing that. Um, I think some of my absolute favorite um, juicy IPAs have had, which is it's so juice forward that when the hops come in, they just they just feel very round and 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 don't it's, don't leave a lot of bitter. It's it doesn't really leave as much hop as I smell. It, mm-hmm. it, it tastes to me like, like it's drinking. aromatic and kind of a good like the right. way a, a a good candle can be. A hundred percent, yes. Um, it's like a fresh glass of, uh, but, grapefruit but juice. But but the problem is. Like there's such a rash of IPAs that are just so hop, hop ridiculous right. that, and they smell a lot like this. So so my initial, like like reaction to this is ooh that's too much. But then when you try it, you're right. The the hops are rounded on the end. It really does taste like orange juice with a little hop on the end. It's pretty ridiculous. I can't think of anything about this I don't like. Well, actually. yeah. What I love about this whole style of IPA. Is I feel like the whole style and the popularity that started surging on this a year and a half or so ago was a bit of a correction, uh, if you will. You know, like a correction in the market when things go too high. To the West Coast, let's see how much bitter we can put in Right, let's get as bitter and pinecone resinous hoppy as we possibly can. This was the balancer, was the great Mm -hmm. equalizer to bring IPAs back because two things happened. Number one, this whole style exploded and became very popular. And by the way, this is... This is a fantastic I, entry. The only yeah, thing yeah. I can say down about this, aside from my initial, like, that smells a little too hoppy at first, which it mm-hmm. tastes great, the only downside to this is this is almost entirely too smooth. Like, the bubbles are small and silky on this. <laughs> it tastes like it's orange a, juice. And I could a bad slam thing a glass want? of this <laughs> and 
such a small well, amount. And it's only a 6.5 ABV. It's not so bad. That's a good so thing bad. because yeah. – wow. Wow, I could drink. I, I think it's fantastic. Like no and and the other thing that I was uh, mentioning that I love about this particular trend is it has forced I think those big hoppy IPAs to balance their flavor more. These days, it feels like when somebody comes out with another one of you know with another imperial IPA and it's you know packed with hops that the flavor has more nuance and balance to it than what we were getting a couple of years ago before this trend kind of kind of balanced things well, out. Well, I'm not so. going to lie. Like, if I'm going down the beer aisle, like you talk about, you were talking about going for style. Mm-hmm. I, I pass right by IPAs. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I don't even see them anymore, hardly, until I try something that happens to be exceptional. Now, there are exceptions to the rule. There are certain IPAs that are just so good that they break down those barriers for me. Uh, this I will definitely look forward yeah, see, to. But this is something I would, yeah, I would this seek is, out. This is delicious, different, unique. Um, and I bet like this is an IPA you can smoke cigars with even. Yes, absolutely. Because it's because not so Because the bitter, citrus right. is taking the bitter out of the equation. Right. And this may be one of the reasons why I'm so fond of this style is because – since IPA is my favorite style of beer, just personally, mm-hmm. but so big pine cone but ones so don't. many of my favorites, you can't drink them and then smoke a cigar. No, it's not yellow a, rose and not cigars are not yeah. the best combination. But but these you can really go. Yeah, yeah you can really go. So um, when a seasonal like this, you said it just came out. How long is this around? This is only going to be around for, I would say, I don't know, two, maybe three months. It really, and it's only sold, um, you can buy it to go from the tap room only. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's not man. sold in a counter, but that's not a bad thing. Come see us, you know, drink a couple I'll of fresh the, pints I'll be, and I'll take a four pack yeah. home with you. Well, the last time I was there, I took home a bottle, a bottle, mind you, not a can, oh, yeah. of six demon bag. Oh. And I sat and enjoyed that one night by myself. I didn't go anywhere. Did that go great with a cigar, too? Oh, it did go great <laughs> with a cigar. That stuff was amazing. So first question uh, about the So Hot right now sure. or any other seasonal brew. Is there a thing that can happen where it's so successful that you guys decide maybe this should be part of our regular uh, lineup? Yeah, I mean, I think that's uh, that's coming up, and you'll see that with our uh, Mandarina Pills uh, Wow Factor, mm-hmm. uh, wildly successful last year. Uh, it was a uh, it wasn't even packaged; it was only for draft. It right. did so well in uh, the tap room and in a lot of the accounts around town that is going to be our next lineup in our can release coming wow. up uh, in I want to say. Uh, June, yeah, mid June is it'll be out, uh, and cool. we'll. Um, I think we'll re- replace mostly harmless for the time being in that spot. So mostly harmless is could be considered right now, and our can release is a seasonal. You may see it later on down the road as a more traditional uh, all year around, but it does. Yeah, the uh, the the wow factor is coming out next, uh, and because of its success last year in draft sales, it's coming out uh, for package. Next I just release. I just yeah. want to point out yeah. too. I wrote on the uh, Eureka Heights uh, MS150 team. This is the bicycle ride. Mm-hmm. From Did you have a good time? It's um, very important to me. <laughs> yes and no. <laughs> let me let me. I'll tell you a couple quick things about it. First off, we started off the ride before we rode. We were all at the starting line, and uh, Stephen, our ride leader, ride captain, if you will, um, came up and he had mostly harmless, and we all started by chugging a, a mostly harmless before you started. Before the- we yeah. started, so this was it. This was yeah. it. I don't know. Six, seven o'clock in the morning, something like that, 
And, and and that was just fine until about 10 miles in. It was like, oh, maybe I shouldn't have done that. <laughs> but you get over that pretty yeah. quickly, right? Um, now, to answer the no part of the question, mm-hmm. on the first day, by the time I hit the last rest stop, I was I was really, really doubting every decision I've ever made in my life. <laughs> it's your first time to, to ride? Uh, to ride? No, okay. but it's the first time in about 10 years. Gotcha. <laughs> gotcha, yeah. So, so there was that. Yep, yep, yep. I understand. <laughs> you guys did. I want to tell you, you guys did a great job with the whole tent where everyone stayed and everything like that. Right. Uh, there needs to be room for for people to change clothes so they're not doing it under the yeah, covers, we're, which is particularly trip uh, tricky when you're putting on bibs. By the way, sure. Mm-hmm. Now we're we're updating that for next year for sure. Yeah, we we uh, the food was awesome. Great, great. Yeah, tacos a go go. Fajitas a go go. The beer was mm-hmm. awesome. Well, you would expect, right? Yeah, they yeah. had Buckle Bunny and Wicked Awesome. I don't know what else they had, but. That's all I needed. Yeah, so, we had yeah a couple IPAs yeah. out there. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe a Macaulay intake. Yeah, Buckle Buddy and Wicked Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so funny, funny little story about that too is so we, everyone has these tents, okay, and they're they're pretty good sized tents because we had how many people do we have riding? Uh, forty, yeah, I think, forty total. people riding. Yeah. We had a whole bunch of them staying in the same tent, and at the back of the tent they had the uh, the uh, cooler uh, with the uh, the keg set up and everything like that. Well, apparently they're sitting back there at some point and they look over and they see. Uh, one of the uh, uh, tents that uh, Real Ale was sponsoring. So then, of course, now you have the two breweries and they're swapping beers and having a good old time. That was well, yeah, fun. and then Carbach and St. Arnold too. Right, right. right. <laughs> and, and then everybody decided to come by the tent at some point in time. That was pretty. Really, fun. I think uh, maybe a form of hazing. They're like, let's drink all their beer and go back to our <laughs> tent. Uh, <laughs> totally but no, we we were stoked to be a part of it for the first year. That was a blast. You guys did year. a great time. That's cool, awesome. man. I'm glad you had a good time. Very good thing for you to be involved in too. That's that's really awesome. Um, talk to me a little bit about. Uh, you guys have made your foray into the beer market, at least in the uh, in the Texas area and predominantly the Houston area, by putting out what I think a really quality. Uh, I'm going to use this word in quotes: mainstream craft beers. Mm-hmm. In other words, you you came out with a really great cream ale, and uh, you did a really cool uh, IPA, and you. Um, a lot of um, the breweries that I'm noticing around the country that are making names for themselves have a tendency to be doing a lot of that with these very specialty things that come out in bombers or just in the 16-ounce uh, cans. Are you talking either, about a Lucky Charms beer, too, that well, may have been yeah, uh, that yeah, kind of stuff? Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, partially that, but I'm also talking about you know people who are doing really – you know, very limited kind of stouts or mm-hmm. uh, barley wines or maybe imperial IPAs or things that are things that where they know that the this niche, isn't right. this isn't the broad market here, but it's a way to make our any thoughts of a brewery like Eureka Heights kind of getting into a little bit of that game. St. Arnold, mm-hmm. for example, does it with the Divine Reserve thing. But they've, bag. but well, they found a way to yeah. do. Uh, but they found, yeah. And again, and I want to talk about that. So a yeah, bit, we so. well, we have our our. <coughs> I want to say our annual release. Generally, uh, it comes out around you know our anniversary, maybe a little later, called Nuke the Whales. Uh, we are on our second variation of it. Uh, we are actually today. Um, putting the third variation into uh, Woodford Reserve uh, barrels. Mm, so uh, nice, we do nice. have that that comes out annually. Uh, we we obviously uh, 
seller those bottles too and age them uh, and sell them down the road as well. Uh, their uh, Six Demon bag, which is was our uh, Belgian Strong Ale that came out. Uh, mm-hmm, that's mm-hmm. another one. Uh, we are actually in the process of, uh, and you may, I'm not going to give away the date yet, but uh, a barley wine coming uh, very soon. So, so, so is this something that we should expect more of then? Absolutely. Yeah. I think I think as you know, as a as a young brewery getting our feet wet, uh, we're three years old now in August, uh, coming in August. Uh, these are more things that you can probably expect from us. Some well, clearly, you're not going to sell as much of a product like that as you're going to of a you know a mostly harmless or a buckle bunny. Uh, but I think of it as kind of like you know the actor that does the big blockbuster and then he goes and does the indie film mm-hmm. f- to keep his cred intact, right? And then he goes back and does, you know, Die Hard 5 or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, it seems like there's, it seems like it's a good way for uh, somebody like you guys to be able to go, look what we can do mm-hmm. well, you have to, to that let, real hardcore aficionado. You have to let an artist be an artist. Right. If that's you have a, a point. great brewmeister, especially someone who can brew something like Buckle Bunny, and, and various styles, like something from Buckle Bunny all the way up to this juicy IPA, which are very different in style. Um, and then six demon bag, and then those, you gotta let you gotta let a guy like that just at some point in time you gotta let him do what he does. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, and and I, I think I think you're right. It's a way to keep the the brewmaster happy. You know, well, totally. <laughs> I mean, and you I'm, don't hire Nick Cage to act like <laughs> Samuel L. Jackson. You know what I mean? Right, right. Because <laughs> a he couldn't do that. Right. And B, you'd be hiring Nick Cage, and which is just weird. And right. C, what were we talking about? <laughs> well, and I, I'll, I'll oh, Avengers Endgame. I'm sorry. <laughs> Let's give away some more spoilers. No, yeah. I will say you know every Thursday we do have a uh, a pilot batch release. Yeah, we do uh, we do pilot batches all the time and try out different things and experiment. So this is like things, even yeah. even more rare than a a specialty brew that you've worked on. This is almost like, hey, we had an idea. Yeah. Kind of whip this up. Tell us if we should keep going or not. I had, uh, you know, we, being a small brewery too, we get, you know, uh, every employee gets the opportunity to brew a beer with with Casey, our our head brewmaster. Awesome. Uh, Awesome. And and so so my my, my annual beer this year was a uh, a Goza that I wanted to taste like duck sauce, Uh, which. uh, (laughs) Wow. Yeah. So it, it, it is a plum apricot Goza. That uh, eventually will be on our ti- our, our pilot batch series. I want some dumplings get. right now. Yeah, I'm right? so nice. excited. Yeah, but so I mean, you know, we do kind of. That's we, oddly specific, by it's the way. Very yeah. specific. <laughs> I had I've been thinking about this for way too long, uh, and so no, yeah. I mean, we do a lot of you know kind of. Uh, unique off the wall things too, and if one of them really hits and it works well, uh, we we kind of put it into a, a more regular production. You well, just throw it at the Velcro wall and see if it absolutely. sticks, right? That's right. That's right. You're never going to learn unless you try, right? right. Yeah. Well, I want to say that uh, one of the things that um, I wanted to make sure that I shared with you today while you're here, and thank you so much for coming. Absolutely, in it's a pleasure and, and doing the show. But um, your um, your brewery mm-hmm. is, I think, part of what makes me really proud to be from here. Uh, the fact that we have these things that we feel like you guys do such great stuff that we can, this is something I can talk to my friends who live in other places around the country and go, yeah, but we have Eureka Heights. You know, I feel that way about St. Arnold and, yeah, and sure. a number of the other places that, that are here. Um, and and it's, but it's great to be able to take this kind of community pride in what you do. And from the very beginning of this show, when you guys were one of our our first guests, and we tried stuff that I'd never tried before in those in those growlers. Uh, to now, when I can actually walk into 
you know, H-E-B and buy Buckle Bunny. It's it's a pretty cool evolution when and a pretty you cool can, Wicked you Awesome, I'm going to try to buy every one of them. Just yeah. you wait. Yeah. Just you wait. Anything you can tell us? Oh, yeah. It's, it's, on the, it's on the rotation. You will see it in cans in probably, I don't know, maybe in the six, seven months. Is I there, not to go back into a retail question, but... Is there probably a limit to how many SKUs you can hold? In other words, does putting Wicked Awesome into stores mean you may have to give up another yeah, SKU? Yeah, so we, uh, you know, again, going back to Buckle Bunny Mini Boss being our staples, they're always going to remain in stores. But, like, for uh, Mostly Harmless, this is a, a rotator. Okay. Uh, so right. this, like I said, uh, the uh, wow factor will take the place of, of Mostly Harmless. And then at some point down the line, um, Wicked Awesome will take the place of this. Nice. Now, So when that happens, will I still be able to get this, like, at a Specs or something or will it go away for a while it will go away for a little while i i'm not going to confirm that it will go away forever okay. uh it so will that's for for people who aren't in the business yeah. when we talk about different SKUs, that's basically how many different products you have on a shelf sure. and and every company has to fight for a certain amount it's of very valuable space yes yeah. it has to fight for a certain amount of shelf space and and every time you put like for instance if you have space for three uh skews three different products it doesn't matter to the company what those products are as long as they sell mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but you have to pick and choose so for instance right. if you have buckle bunny and mini boss on two of those skews you only have one more room right for that third skew so that's just that's just a heads up to the people who are so yeah, no, that that that's great. No, but yeah, you're gonna you're gonna see uh, even Mu Caliente is going to make its triumphant nice. return. Yeah, uh, which it, that was one of the ones we tried that yes. first time too. Yes. Yeah, as, as uh, I don't know if everybody knows, but Mu Caliente uh, was recently uh, removed from its um, its uh, spot on our main list of uh, beers. It's not being made anymore, with the exception of a seasonal release. So you're gonna only be able to get Mu Caliente in cans and draft during the holidays. Mm, interesting. Uh, okay. It is uh, being that we're in. The, Tell everybody what style Mu Caliente is. It is a spiced milk stout that is great for cold weather, uh, and but not for Houston heat. <laughs> and when you say spiced, you don't yeah. mean cinnamon. Oh, I do mean cinnamon. Yeah, well, I mean cinnamon. I mean cayenne pepper. That's what I'm talking I mean, about. Right, yeah. Yeah. yeah, It is. It is a. a and when spicy you say beer. not for not for warm weather, you mean it's good for about a week or two in well, Houston. And you know, and, and it's styled around a a kind of a Mexican hot chocolate. So yeah. you know, it's right, perfect right. for that cold weather, uh, and and goes great with you know a December or a January. It's a <laughs> one, wonderful to serve at yeah. Christmas parties. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. So yeah, we we kind of retired Mu Caliente for a little while. Uh, we are going to throw a big go away party for it eventually uh, and uh, then you'll start seeing it in a seasonal uh, rotation. That's gotcha. awesome. Uh, Evan Camp is our uh, guest today from Eureka Heights Brewing. Thank you so much. I have to Absolutely. tell you, you have uh, you, I won't tell you what you bumped out, but you have bumped into my top five uh, with the uh, So Hot right I'm now. I'm honored. So uh, I have to ask, once the season's over, will this come back ever? It will come back. I think it's going to come back every year. It may come back in a stronger form. It's doing quite well right now. So yeah, I don't I don't think you're going to you're going to have to miss it. Okay. And you got to go by the brewery to get I, it. I'm yes. I'm uh, you guess where I'm going after the show. And if anybody doesn't know <laughs> about directly the, affecting yeah. sales. Yes, you don't know right. about the beer to go laws. This is this is a big proponent around that. You would yes. be able to get this without having uh you know, there there are certain breweries in Houston that are not allowed to serve beer to go. Right. And we're working towards and being advocates for that. We are still very fortunate being a brew pub that we can sell beer to go. So you're still able to get this at Eureka but, Heights. But, but what is really cool that you're saying yeah. is that even though you guys can do it right. because you're classified as a brew pub, right. you're still working and advocating for 
your competitors. Absolutely. To be able to do Absolutely. it. Absolutely. It's not That's fair to so them cool. if we can do it, you know, and, and and eventually it's going to it's going to affect us. Uh, we are growing and the more we grow, the our license is going to change and we may not be able to sell beer to go. So this is a big thing for us to get behind mm-hmm. now instead of waiting and yeah. seeing what the outcome is. So, Absolutely. you know, reach out to your, uh, you know, your congressman, senator and, and let them let them know that you know, they need to support this. Thank you very yeah. much for being on the show. We couldn't agree more. Uh, again, before we wrap it up, anything further on your end? Yeah, I'm out of beer. Oh, well, I got I think we can. You. I think we can solve that issue. And uh, eh. and I also think you know what I want. I moved this <laughs> strangely empty cup towards you a towards moment ago. This? Uh, yes, yes. Oh, wait, wait. I only have a tiny grasp on it there. I didn't want to. Oh, gotcha. That beer is way <laughs> too good to spill. Oh, see, and here I thought you were pouring me uh, so, so hot. hot. We're out of so hot. No, you got uh, three more cans right here. Right, you can open well, one. This that's works. Uh, this yours. works well for everybody. Uh, thank you guys for tuning in for uh, show number one hundred and thirty-eight. Thanks to everybody involved. Thanks to Adam on the wheels of steel. Have a wonderful week, my friends, and cheers. <laughs> <laughs>